This is the Great Human Chronicle. I'm on Vic. One. Buenos Aires, Nacochilla, 1892. It was Velasquez. He had tried to get Francisca Roja to marry him over and over and over. And when she refused, or at least when she refused this time around, this is how he repaid it. As Roja was entering her house, she saw Velasquez run out of it from the other side. Something wasn't right. She ran after him, but all she got in return was a slash on the neck. And while it wasn't fatal, it wasn't even that bad. It left a scar. A scar that was visible when she got to her room and saw her six-year-old son and four-year-old daughter dead, no, murdered. It was Velasquez. Two, Paris, 10 years earlier, 1880. A major issue that the police systems of the world faced in 1880 was that they could do very little about repeat offenders. People would enter prison and then leave and then come back as a new person. And I don't mean that in some spiritual sort of way. I mean that literally. People would get arrested again and they would just pretend to be a different person with a different name. And at that point, what could the police do? One French police officer had a solution. Alphonse Bertillon came up with a system of measurements that measured dimensions of different bones. It was based on the idea that once the bones grow to their final size, they stay the same forever. But this only got you so far, because not every criminal was a grown man and coincidences happened, and twins happened. And I guess all twins are coincidences, but I mean, except, uh, not the point, you get the point. It wasn't a proper system, but what else were the police supposed to do? Three, Tokyo, another decade earlier. Henry Foles knew how to get around. The Scottish missionary moved around Scotland, college to college, and then country to country, as he went from Beath to Darjeeling to Fenton to Aberdeen to Tokyo. And when he was in Tokyo, he was a bit of a superstar. He set up lifeguard stations and societies for the blind. He set up schools, taught Japanese surgeons Joseph Lister's methods, and he even stopped a plague and an epidemic. One day, while walking around with an American archaeologist through an excavation site, he observed handprints on an ancient pot. And I mean capital A ancient pot. Thousands of years later, the ridges of the potter's hands were still on this pot. 
and Henry looked at his friend's hands and then his own and he had a hunch. No, actually, at this point he was pretty convinced. Henry Foles believed that every person's fingerprints in this world were unique. He began collecting fingerprints and not just human fingerprints but monkeys as well. And in February of 1880, he sent a letter to Charles Darwin asking for his help to promote his ideas about the fingerprint identification scheme. But Darwin declined. He was too old at this point. And instead, he sent the letter to his relative, Francis Galton. I feel like I must tell you that when Francis Galton revealed his own groundbreaking work on fingerprints, he said that he did not pay attention to this letter. Fold's ideas were largely ideas. It was Galton that made them a reality. At the very least, it was Galton who made the theories a reality. They didn't have physical proof yet, but the theories were real now. They weren't just ideas. And Galton only started his work on fingerprints eight years after the letter. And so, it is safe to say that Galton probably did not care about that letter. But for what it's worth, Henry Fold's letter reached Galton. And Henry Fold's believed that every fingerprint was unique. 4. Croatia Another decade earlier, 1858 Ivan Vucetic Kovacevic was born a decade before Henry Foles went to Tokyo. As the eldest of 11 children, he only had elementary school education, after which he learned his father's trade as a cooper. And if you had to describe him in one sentence, you'd call him just an all-around bright kid. In 1882, while Foles and Bertillon were working on their systems in Tokyo and Paris, 24-year-old Ivan Vucetic left his little island in the Adriatic Sea and landed on the shores of Argentina. Ivan, or I guess Juan because he changed his name to the Spanish version, worked here and there before joining the Buenos Aires police. There, he did a little bit of everything. Accounting, statistics, daily maintenance until he was put in charge of identification through the Bertillon system. By this point, Bertillon's system was being used all around Europe and the Argentinians wanted to follow suit. Musitich, though, had been reading the works of one Francis Galton, who postulated that a fingerprint, and I quote, was perennial, immutable, and infinitely unique. But this was just a theory, and Juan wanted to prove him right. He took the fingerprints of 23 detainees in the dungeons of the police headquarters, and then he went to all the detainees in the nearby prisons. In a year, 1,462 people had been booked. 5. Buenos Aires, Necochea, 1892 It was Velasquez, 
That's what Francisca Rojas said over and over as she cried over the bodies of her own dead children. They had been killed by this monster who was jealous of Rojas' lover. Francisca barely survived herself with a not very deep cut, but the emotional scars seemed a lot deeper. Inspector Alvarez and his crew arrested Velasquez as he pled his innocence. He was beat up, tortured, and they even brought the two dead bodies in front of him. But still, he refused to admit his guilt. And so they had to bring Roja in front of him. And she accused him to his face. Abuse after abuse, insult after insult. She broke down and started to cry. And in her frustration, she screamed that Velasquez had beaten her up before he cut her. But that's where the plan failed. There were no signs of body blows. She was lying. Inspector Alvarez became suspicious. He had worked with Vusitich in the past, and so he did something that has left its imprint on the history of criminology forever. He went to Roja's bedroom door and tore a piece of wood with a bloodstained mark. And using all he had learned from his Croatian boss, he realized that it wasn't Velasquez. It was never Velasquez. The bloody fingerprint was Roja's. She had murdered her own children. And Vusitich had proven Colton right. And that's the story of how an Argentine inspector, with the help of a Croatian anthropologist who read about discoveries in a London scientific journal, by a professor who received a letter from a Scottish missionary in Japan and some information about people in India, solved the first ever murder mystery using fingerprints. Francisca Roja murdered her children that night in 1892. But what it took to catch her started long before, when some potter somewhere left his little mark on a little pot some thousand years earlier. Hello, thank you so much for listening. In classic Android fashion, I have procrastinated so much that now I need to rush to get this out. If you like this episode and if you like what we're doing here, you can support the show in all the ways we support shows like this. A fun fact slash thing I want to add is that, that there were systems of fingerprint identification being developed in multiple parts of the world at the same time. There was work being done in England and India and China. And I know that we all like stories about individuals doing great things, but in reality, most great things are done by individuals coming together to create systems to do great things. And I hope that this came across in this succinct little episode of mine. Apart from that, if you like this episode, you can support us on Instagram at Create Human Chronicle. One of my reels went viral recently, and that's been a fun and weird and interesting ride. Uh, yeah, it's weird being a micro-influencer with a little more influence than the microcosm I usually control. Uh, rate interview on Apple Podcasts. Support the show in all the ways people support such shows. Tell a friend about it. Okay, I'm gonna go. Bye! <laughs> this episode of The Great Human Chronicle was written, edited, researched, produced, performed, and directed by Anvik Singh. 
The music in this episode is by Howard Harper Barnes, Pratam Orchestra, Amarnath Cave, Oi, Lemiotoy, and Sintrandi. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, and your attention. <laughs>